Hey y'all, Rochelle here. And Lynn. If you like our podcast, be sure to rate and review us on your podcast platform. Or share us on social media so more folks out there can join the Idgits and Aspets family. And don't forget to subscribe as well so you automatically have our newest episodes. Okay, so I just want to say before we start <laughs> a couple <Uh-oh>. things. <laughs> First of all, um, this is actually a re-recording of this episode because the first one sounded like utter balls. (laughs) Utter balls. uh, Utter balls. Yeah. Yeah. That's weird. That is weird. (laughs) Now that I've said it, I want to take it back. (laughs) Um, So yeah, we've, we've done our like downloads of the right software updates and We've checked our internet plugins and hopefully everything is fine. So um, if the quality of this sucks and we're very sorry, we've tried our best. It's hard on Zoom, I think, because we don't pay for a premium subscription, you know, which we shouldn't have to, by the way. Yeah. Agreed. Everybody (laughs) uses this for work, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. So um, also this episode that we're about to go into um, makes me really sad. It's just like a sad episode. And I think that all of um, Chrissy's kind of plot lines are just a little horribly sad. So yeah, I think she's only in like three episodes and this is her second one, right? I have no idea. (laughs) That's what I think. Maybe she's in four. I'm not sure. But um, anyway, yeah, sad. She's not in very many. Yeah, I like her though. Yeah. Um, okay, so I will get into it here. We are doing episode 18 of season eight called Freaks and Geeks. So we start out at nighttime. Uh, we see a waterfall and hear music blaring on a car radio. The camera pans over the top of a red station wagon parked in the parking lot that overlooks the waterfall. Um, and inside the car, um nope can't read my writing here uh okay inside the car i can just make this shit up as i go (laughs) inside the car there are two teenagers making out (laughs) like really making out (laughs) um outside the car a blue van pulls up and parks um back inside the car the teenagers are still going at it A shadow figure runs by the car. The girl notices and stops kissing the boy. Uh, It's Chrissy Chambers from season seven, episode 11, called Adventures in Babysitting. Chrissy says, what was that? And the boy, whose name is Aiden, says what? Chrissy turns around in her seat to look all the way around the car. Aiden says, there's no one here but us, Chrissy. And he starts to kiss her again. Um, Then Aiden also sees someone running around the car. And he says, what? (laughs) No, 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 no. So someone continues to run uh, around the car rapidly, which is kind of terrifying. And then suddenly the car's hood flips up. Aiden tries to get out of the car. um, And I'm missing notes here. I'm assuming that he could not get out of the car. He says, okay. (laughs) But uh, he he says, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, He tries to start the car, but it won't start. So Aiden grabs a knife from the back seat and um, starts to get out of the car, which doesn't make sense because of what I just said, but that's fine. Okay. It's all fine. <laughs> Chrissy says, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> Chrissy yeah. says, no, no, don't leave me here. Aiden, don't leave me here. 
but Aiden gets out of the car and closes the door. Chrissy says, oh God. Suddenly the window next to Chrissy shatters and a man pulls her out of the car through the window, which is terrifying. I like every time I sit in the car, like I'm going to think about that from now on. (laughs) Someone could just pull me out, just like bust the window. Uh, Okay. (laughs) So Aiden comes up behind the man and cuts off his head using the knife he got from the back seat. Uh, Chrissy picks herself up and a girl named Josephine comes running up. Josephine says, are you okay? Chrissy says, that was close. Next time, one of you can be the bait. And she walks over to the other two to look at the head on the ground. Aiden looks uh, upset and he says, it's him. Chrissy says, one down, two to go. And then we get our opening title sequence. So we cut to daytime, Sam and Dean are in baby and uh, they're parked at the sheriff's station. Sam says, so what are we looking at again? Dean reaches into the backseat and hands Sam a newspaper. Sam reads a summary of what the paper says out loud. He says, two young women found near the freeway with their throats ripped out. Dean says, sounds vampy to me. Sam says, yeah, maybe. Dean says, listen, if you want to take a knee on this one, or if you're not feeling up to it, Sam says, what? Dean says, you know, the trials, what Cass said, that you got what he can't cure. Sam says, hmm, which means what exactly? Dean says, well, I don't know. You tell me. Are you okay? Genital herpes. That is exactly (laughs) what I was thinking. Maybe not herpes, but some sort of (laughs) genital-ish. Sam says, I'm fine. Are you okay? Dean says, me? Sam says, yeah, uh, casting jet pretty good. Dean says, and? Sam says, and I just want to make sure you're okay. Dean says, what, like my feelings? <laughs> Sam says, if that's what you want to talk about, sure. Dean says, okay, I'll tell you what. Why don't I go get some uh, herbal tea? Sam says, okay. Dean says, and you can find some cowboy junkies on the dial. Sam says, eat me, Dean. And Sam gets out of the, Apo- uh, the Impala. Dean says, and you know what? We'll just talk it out. <laughs> Sam's such a dick. <laughs> I know he is. God. Uh, Sam slams the Impala door shut. Dean says, good talk. And he gets out of the Impala and stops and starts walking towards the sheriff's station after Sam. Dean says, nay, great talk. Very healthy. (laughs) So Sam and Dean are now inside the sheriff's station, standing in a hallway and showing their FBI badges to a sheriff. The sheriff says, FBI, you're here about the lady killer murders, aren't you? Sam says, the lady killer murders? The sheriff says, yeah, coined it myself. Dean says, congratulations. What can you tell us? The sheriff begins to walk and talk with the boys to a desk um, in the busy sheriff's station. He says, well, both victims were female, under 21. And here's the kicker. They were drained of all their blood. Sam says, huh? The sheriff says, exactly. We found that strange also. But then last night, things got even stranger. Sam says, last night. And the sheriff says, yeah, he turns uh, the computer monitor on his desk to show the boys a surveillance video taken from the night before. The sheriff says, uh, we set up a security cam on Fuller's Point for safety purposes. It's where our local young people like to go to make out. Last night, things got crazy. The sheriff then presses play on the video and the brothers watch the scene that plays out with Chrissy, Aiden and Josephine. Um, As he watches, Dean recognizes Chrissy from uh, the earlier case he worked on with Sam, uh, but he doesn't say anything. Uh, 
Sheriff says, hell of a thing, ain't it? Sam says, uh, you ID any of these people? The sheriff says, well, not yet. Crime scene was empty when we got there. No Vic, no nothing. Uh, I'm thinking it's some kind of cult or drug thing. So I put a statewide APB out on these three about an hour ago. Dean says, I'm going to need you to call that off. And we're going to need this footage. The sheriff says, what? Dean says, sheriff, why do you think we're here? You just crossed streams with a federal investigation. I suggest you cooperate, call off your APB, or you're going to find yourself in a world of hurt. The sheriff looks confused, but compliant. He says, uh, right. So Sam and Dean walk out of the station and back to the Impala. Sam says, so what was that all about, G-Man? Dean says, you remember Chrissy Chambers? Sam says, uh, yeah, the Vitalis case, right? They were working that truck stop by the freeway. She and her dad helped us shut him down. Dean says, right. And then he promised to go civilian so she wouldn't grow up to be a hunter. Well, guess who the star of this snuff film is? Sam says, come on. Well, maybe he doesn't know she's doing this. Dean says, what, sneaking out in the middle of the night to go hunt monsters with the apple dumpling gang? Is that what kids are doing for kicks these days? Sam says, okay, then maybe he knows and he's helping her out. Dean says, what, get caught on candid camera? Let's just go find her before she gets into any more trouble. So Sam and Dean get into the Impala with Dean driving. Um, as he gets in, Sam looks very frustrated. So we cut to nighttime. Chrissy is standing at a counter showing a fake Kansas State ID to a motel clerk. The clerk says, you're 25? Chrissy reaches into her pocket and pulls out two 20s and sets them on the counter. She says, <laughs> <Now> actually, <I'm... laughs> yeah, she says, actually, I think I'm 40. So the clerk gives her a half smile as he takes her money and hands her a room key. Chrissy takes the key and walks down the hallway. Um, inside the motel room, Chrissy takes out a laptop while Aiden looks in some bags. Aiden stops what he's doing and walks up behind Chrissy and starts to put his arms around her, but Chrissy stops him. She says, I told you, I have a boyfriend. Aiden says, then how come I couldn't find him on your celly? Chrissy says, because we only Skype. Aiden says, right, and let me guess, he also lives in Canada. Chrissy says, you know, he does actually. Oh, a small town called Kiss My Ass. Aiden says, okay, but you were sure giving off a different vibe in the car, which I'm going to agree with. I mean, yes. <laughs> <laughs> she was enjoying herself. So Josephine walks into the room. Chrissy says, good, you're back. Let's do this. The vamp was last seen by an ATM camera checking into this hotel. I tapped in the hotel security cams and found him. Room 215. The three of them look at the ATM video. Then Aiden puts on a headset with a camera and mic attached. He says, okay, let's do this. Chrissy says, you're transmitting? Um, Aiden, I just wrote a lot of rubbish here. Um, <laughs> Aiden kisses the end of the mic that is on the cord to his headset. Chrissy rolls her eyes and looks at Josephine and both of the girls sigh. Aiden says, you bet. So the girls turn to look at the laptop that shows the live video of the hotel room door that the vamp is staying in. Then Josephine grabs a big handgun off the table. Aiden slides a machete into a sheath attached to his side. Josephine says, he alone? Chrissy says, I can't tell. Aiden says, hey, how about we start a new tradition? And before each job, we give each other good luck kisses. He's like, Just I would rather die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Josephine says, how about I punch you in the throat instead? 
Then Josephine rolls her eyes and turns to walk out of the room as Chrissy smiles at Aiden. And then he puts a backpack over his shoulder and follows them out to, of the room. Um, Aiden watches Josephine walk in front of him and she turns her head to talk to him as they walk down the hallway towards the vamp's room. Josephine says, you know, you're not going to get anywhere with Chrissy with those cheesy moves. Aiden says, how about you stop putting salt in my game and mind your own business? Which is fucking rude because Josephine is clearly trying to help you. I know, like you um, need help. You gotta like not do that, dude. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, So Josephine also has a head cam on. uh, She looks through when Aiden responds to her. Chrissy is able to watch the conversation back in her hotel room, and she rolls her eyes. Uh, Aiden sees something on the floor, so he squats down to get a closer look. He smudges a substance with two fingers and holds up his hand so it can be seen. Josephine says, blood? Okay, I wouldn't just stick my fingers in fluids. No. Have you ever heard of, like, you know, all sorts of, the? I'm not, like, there's so many things that can get (laughs) transmitted through touching blood with your bare hands. You know, like, what are you doing? Exactly. God. Okay. Um, So Aiden lockpicks the vamp's room. Chrissy watches the video intently on the laptop. Uh, the door to the teenager's hotel room opens slowly as Sam steps inside after picking the lock. So Sam and Dean go into the room and look around. Suddenly there's a gun cocking sound and we see Chrissy standing off to Dean's side uh, just behind him. Dean doesn't look at Chrissy before he says, hey, Chrissy. Chrissy says, what are you two doing here? Dean says, saving your bacon. That's what Chrissy says. Does it look like my bacon needs saving? Wait, how'd you find me? I paid cash everywhere. Dean says, only two hotels within a 20-mile radius, and we paid cash, too. Just more. (laughs) Chrissy says, yeah, gotcha. Chrissy says, freaking clerk. Sam says, Chrissy, where's your dad? Chrissy says, dead. Well, let's never do this again. Like, never. Now go. We got this. Sam says, we who? Dean says, and got what? Um, while the brothers ask Chrissy questions, the other two teens are slipping slowly into the vampire's room. Chrissy walks back over to the laptop to watch. She says, a vampire. Dean says, sorry, a what? And the boys walk over to watch the video with Chrissy. Um, they see the hotel room with a woman strapped to a bed. Josephine says, we're in. The room's clear. Nobody here but a Vic. So uh, we continue to see the vamp's room on the live video when a loud noise happens and Aiden turns around to see the vampire behind them after the vampire slammed the door. The vampire is hissing and he tosses Josephine into a wall. And then he and Aiden do kind of a standoff when Sam and Dean rush into the room. I know. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of like that. Uh, The vamp turns and sees Sam and Dean and then runs and jumps out of the nearby closed window. Um, Dean walks over to the window and looks out. They're on the second story. The vampire runs across the street and the blue van that showed up the night that Aiden and Chrissy were making out in the car is across the street and is running. Chrissy says, I got him. And she runs out of the hotel room to chase the vampire. Dean says, you, and he steps away from the window angrily to chase after Chrissy and the vampire. Dean says, son of a bitch. (laughs) Sam says, we need to call an ambulance. Josephine says, ambulance is on the way. She's in shock. I'll stabilize her. We'll leave her here for the paramedics. So Josephine's like kind of got it going on. Yeah. (laughs) You know, 
<clears throat> so Dean like pops out of a side door of the hotel and begins to run down the street where Chrissy is holding a trank gun and chasing the vampire. The vampire says, please don't shoot me. But Chrissy shoots the vampire in the leg next to his knee and he falls to the ground and turns over to face Chrissy and Dean. Um, the vampire says, don't shoot me, please don't, please. It hurts so bad. Dean says, how did you drop him so quickly? Chrissy says, darts filled with dead man's blood. Dean says, where's the blue van? Chrissy says, what blue van? <laughs> Dean says, the only consistent thing in all of these instances, and you have no clue about it. <laughs> yeah, not very observant of you, Chrissy. No. Um, Dean says, the blue van that he was seen bolting to. Never mind. Dean takes out a knife from a side holster to kill the vampire. Chrissy says, wait, stop. This is not your kill. Dean says, what are you talking about? Suddenly, Josephine is there. She says, Three months ago, this bloodbanger snuck into a house and killed three people in their sleep. The vampire says, what? No, I didn't do that. Josephine says, one was a woman, never hurt anyone. The other two, a brother and a sister. The vampire says, I don't know what you're talking about. Josephine says, I came home from a friend's house and I found them. They were my family. The vampire says, this isn't happening. I didn't do anything. I swear, please help me. Josephine ignores the vampire and takes a machete um, that she has at her side and slices the vampire's head off. Dean looks around, hoping no one has seen this, and Sam stands there looking very angry. Chrissy walks up behind Josephine to comfort her. Chrissy says, it's okay, it's over. Dean looks at Chrissy with a scornful look. He says, we need to talk to you privately. Aiden says, you know this guy? <laughs> Chrissy says, <laughs> Like yeah. You're yeah. <laughs> Chrissy says, yeah, we have a past. Dean says, all right, so you're going to go. So you're going to have to catch me up. Uh, what did your dad, uh, he couldn't quit the life. Could he? Chrissy says, no, he did for a while. It was amazing. We had dinner every night at a table. We watched TV, went on walks, even went to the mall. Dean says, and then Chrissy says, and then the past came a knocking. I woke up one morning and found him dead. His throat ripped out. Dean says, well, I'm sorry. Chrissy says, me too. If it weren't for Josephine and Aiden, I don't know how I would have made it. Dean says, so they both lost their families as well. Chrissy says, yeah, the same vamps were hunting together, a nest. Dean says, well, look, I'm sorry to rain on your parade, but you are way too young to be doing this. <laughs> like, no, no, no. <laughs> Chrissy says, you're never too young to kill monsters, especially the ones that kill your family. Dean says, hunting isn't all about killing and revenge. I thought we had this chat last time. Do you have any, uh, do you have any family that's still out there? Chrissy says, an aunt in Cincinnati. Why? Dean says, because you're packing a bag and we're taking you there. Chrissy says, I think Victor's going to have a problem with that. Dean says, Victor. Chrissy says, he took us in and showed us everything we know. Dean says, wait, so what are we talking here? Some kind of kid's school for hunters? Chrissy says, don't be such a dweeb, okay? We're not the X-Men. Victor's helping us get revenge. Okay, also, who says dweeb? <laughs> well, apparently she does. <laughs> <laughs> I guess teenagers. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Dean says, yeah, well, I don't care what he is. He sucks because you and your little crew here got caught. And if it wasn't for me, your faces, your faces would be splattered all over the news. Chrissy says, well, you know what? So what? 
maybe it's time that people know the truth about what, what's really going bump in the night. Or you're going to create mass hysteria. Yeah. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Dean says, oh, and cause panic, create mayhem. Yeah, that's a great plan. Chrissy says, look, I don't need you to save me, Dean. I'm not a little kid anymore. And she walks away from Dean. Dean mouths the word silently. Wow. <laughs> Chrissy walks over to Josephine and Aiden and helps them wrap the dead vampire on a plastic bag. Dean walks over to Sam, who is standing a few feet away from the kids. Sam says, what happened? Dean says, teenagers. That's what. <laughs> Sam says, did she tell you about Victor? Dean says, yeah. What do we think? Sam says, well, didn't we meet up with a hunter named Victor one time in Spokane? Dean says, that's a long time ago. I haven't heard about him since. So Sam and Dean look at the kids uh, while they finish duct taping and wrapping the body. Sam says, all right, so these kids are, Dean says, dangerous and off their meds. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Sam says, so what, we go and talk with Victor? Josephine says, ready? And Josephine and Aiden toss the body in the back of the red station wagon. And Chrissy tosses the wrapped head in after it. Chrissy says, okay. So we cut to later that night. Um, the Impala and the red station wagon pull up to a house and park. And everyone gets out and heads into the house. Um, Sam and Dean follow the kids in. <clears throat> Dean says, not what I'd call a compound. Everyone walks in the house, uh, which is big, with two stories. Sam and Dean step in and walk off to the left to look around. Dean says, huh? Chrissy says, what's wrong? Dean says, it's just not what I expected. Chrissy says, and what was that? Dean says, a little more Lord of the Flies, Lex, less Huxtables. Sorry, I thought you were like just texting me. So I like got all weird and was like oh, making no. <laughs> sure we weren't frozen. And <laughs> nope. nope. <laughs> anyway, okay. He says, uh, a little more Lord of the Flies, less Huxtables. Victor walks down from the second floor. He says, sorry to disappoint. Victor Rogers. Sam says, we met a Rougarou hunt in Washington. I'm Sam. This is Dean. Victor says, oh yes, the Winchesters, right? I love that everybody knows the Winchesters. They're just like, oh yeah, you too. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, Josephine walks up slowly, um, looking at the brothers and then back at Victor, who then hugs her. Victor says, hey, better now? Josephine says, much. Victor says, and what do we always say? Josephine says, move on, but never forget. Victor says, good. Now, don't you have a trig test in the morning? Josephine smiles and then walks upstairs. Um... She Who's just killed the vampire. About a drink test. <laughs> yeah. Also, she just killed the vampire that killed her family. Shouldn't she have a night off of homework? Like you would think. <laughs> that just seems all kinds of wrong. She should at least be like having feelings. You know? Oh, no. <laughs> like I've, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not right. It's weird. <laughs> um. So Aiden walks from the kitchen with an apple in his hand. Victor turns to look at him questioningly. Aiden says, oh, I'm good. No test. I'm just going to chill. Victor says, uh-huh. Aiden says, play some video games. Victor says, yeah, keep dreaming because I asked you to clean your room twice and you still haven't done it. Go on. Aiden rolls his eyes and walks away while eating his apple. Chrissy walks uh, from the front room over to where Victor is standing by the stairs. Victor says, and you... Chrissy says, a full report about the hunt on your desk by morning. 
Victor clasps his hands together in front of his chest and bows slightly in appreciation. Chrissy says, okay, I'll be in my room. So she walks around Victor and up the stairs. Uh, Victor looks at Sam and Dean. He says, drink? Dean says, sure. So we cut to Sam and Dean uh, sitting on the same couch and Victor uh, walking to a chair across them. Uh, Sam says, so these kids go to school, like school, school, like real school. Victor says, yes. And they're doing incredibly well considering all they've been through. Dean says, okay, so how does this work? What, after, after soccer practice and the bake sale, they uh, chop vampires' heads off? Yes. Victor, <laughs> Victor says, well, exactly <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly right. Victor says, well, yeah, I think a balanced approach is best, don't you? Dean says, they're kids. They shouldn't be hunting at all. You got to break this up right now. Victor says, when I found them, they were lost and confused and angry. I gave them family and purpose and you want to take all that away. Why? Sam says, so they don't get killed. Victor <laughs> says, yeah, like, duh. sorry, I shouldn't have said that. That's not politically correct. What? I said derp, like an asshole. I'm sorry. Derp? Yeah. It's like a, you're not supposed to say that. You know, it's like not pol politically correct. What? You're looking at me like I'm crazy, but I swear <laughs> it's the truth. <laughs> I have yet to hear that. Okay. I, well. I've heard like derp face, you know, which they usually like talk about like an animal making a weird face. That's huh. I yeah, don't know I, how that couldn't be politically correct. I mean, just, not that, I mean, that's just what, that's just what I learned. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong, but if I've offended anybody, I am sorry. That's news to me. Okay. <laughs> okay. We'll look into it. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, where was I? Uh, Victor says, they know the risks. Sam says, yeah, but why take them? Victor says, because the next generation of hunters has to be better. Sam says, better than what? Victor says, better than us. Oh, come on, guys. I know your friends. I mean, Martin was insane. And somebody obviously dropped Garth on his head when he was a baby. <laughs> that is <Me>. unkind, sir. <laughs> Uh, and I know you two loved that Bobby guy, but he was a barely functioning alcoholic. Dean says, watch it. Victor says, no disrespect meant, but Josephine is an all-state athlete and national merit scholar. Aiden is so fast, he could pick your pocket before you could even blink. And Chrissy, but she's just a natural born leader and hunter. Dean says, so what? Victor says, so these kids are the cream of the crop. They're the Beatles. They're the dream team. And once they get the revenge, they'll be better hunters than any of us ever dreamed of. So we cut to Sam and Dean walking down the front path in front of uh, Victor's house. Dean says, this is crazy. Sam says, is it? They got a pretty good life. Dean says, kids aren't supposed to hunt, Sam. Sam says, we did. Dean says, yeah. And look what that did for us. Not Sam much. Says, <laughs> no. <laughs> Sam says, well, maybe they're doing it right. Maybe they can hunt and have a real life. Dean says, you know, that's not true. Sam says, why? Because it didn't work for us. Dean says, because it doesn't work for anybody. Sam says, okay, then what do you want to do? Because Victor's not going to stop this. Dean says, they said they were hunting a nest, right? Sam says, yeah. Dean says, well, let's hunt it for him. Well, that way, until we can figure out what to do with Victor, they stay safe. Sam says, all right, so uh, what's your move? Dean says, I want to talk to that girl who was tied up the hotel. 
something didn't smell right about that. Why don't you stay here and look after the Brady Bunch? So Sam nods and turns to walk back to the house. Uh, Dean drives off in the Impala and the blue van pulls up across the street. There's a hooded person in the driver's seat. He's a man. Uh, he pulls off his hood and stares menacingly at the house. We cut to the next morning. Josephine is sitting at the kitchen table doing homework while Aiden, while Aiden and Chrissy are rushing around the dining room getting ready for school. Sam walks in and is stretching after spending the night in the house and just waking up. Victor says, Sam, just in time, grab a seat. Sam says, waffles? <laughs> Victor says, yeah, Chrissy's fave. Chrissy says, my dad used to make them for me all the time. I think it was the only thing he knew how to cook. Victor removes the book in front of Josephine and says, interact. Aiden says, yeah, nerd. Um, and then Victor taps at Aiden's elbow, which is on the table. Uh, Sam sits at the table. Victor says, and you, manners. Josephine says, we're going to be late. Victor says, come on, grab your stuff. I'll pick you up after school. Chrissy says, see ya. And the kids leave. Sam says, wow. Victor says, whirlwind, whirlwind, <laughs> right? Sam says, yeah. Victor says, it's always like that with kids. You got any? Victor clears away plates and walks into the kitchen. Sam gets up and follows him. He says, me? Uh, no. Victor says, you want any? Sam says, uh, I don't know. Victor pulls out a wallet and starts uh, to bring out a picture of his family. Victor says, trust me, the answer is yes. And he shows Sam the picture of his wife and kids. Sam says, these yours? Victor says, yeah. Well, until we went camping and a Wendigo ripped them to shreds. Sam says, sorry, is that why you're doing this? Taking all these kids in? Victor smiles and nods at Sam. Victor says, but you know what I realized, Sam, is that these kids, they don't have to live it the way we have. You know, crappy hotel rooms, always moving, no family, no life. It's not the only way. So we cut to the sheriff's station. Um, Dean walks through the station with the girl who was tied up in the hotel room. The girl says, uh, like I told the cops already, I'm not sure why Jimmy Day would do something like this. Dean says, Jimmy Day? Wait, so you knew the guy that grabbed you? The girl says, everyone in town knows Jimmy. He's a hero. We had a parade for him downtown when he came back from Afghanistan. Dean says, uh, sorry, when was this? The girl says, a few weeks ago. Dean says, so this Jimmy Day guy, he just grabbed you and took you to a hotel? The girl says, no, I came from work and was in the parking lot when this blue van pulled up. This guy with a hoodie asked me directions. That's all I remember till I woke up tied to that bed. Dean says, and was Hoodie there too? The girl says, just Jimmy. And he was crying, saying he was sorry and all. That he was sorry. At first I thought he was going to kill me, but then he just, he just seemed scared. So we cut to sometime later. Uh, we're in Victor's house with Sam. He's looking at framed pictures of the teenagers. Um, the front door opens. Sam says, hey, what happened to school? Chrissy, Aiden, and Josephine walk in, and Chrissy ignores Sam. Aiden says, Victor pulled us out. Sam says, why? Victor walks in with a folder in his hand and says, because we found another target. Sam says, who? Victor says, the vamp that killed Chrissy's dad. And Victor looks at Chrissy, concerned. He says, you ready? Chrissy nods at Victor. Victor says, okay. And he sets the folder on the table and opens it, revealing surveillance pictures and a sketch of a woman. 
Victor says, I pulled this from a security camera at a nearby gas station. Sam says, wait, how do we know this is definitely her? Victor says, uh, sheriff sketch, victims accounts, and this. And he shows uh, their surveillance photo of the woman walking to the gas station. She's wearing a moon-shaped charm on a necklace. Christy says, my dad's necklace. My mom gave it to him on their anniversary. Sam says, are you sure this is a surveillance pic? Christy says, it's her. So Sam's phone rings and um, he... Uh, blah, blah, blah. Sorry. Awkward <laughs> notes here. He walks away to take the phone call in private. Um, Dean on the phone says, Hey, you there? Sam says, yeah. How'd it go with the girl? Dean says, strange. Might be that vampire wasn't lying. He was fresh made within the month, but Josephine's family was murdered three months ago. Sam says, so who killed them then? Dean says, I don't know. I'd like to talk to whoever's driving that blue van. Other than that, you Sam says, something's up. Victor says he has their surveillance photo of the vampire that killed Chrissy's father. But Dean, I'm not so sure. Dean says, why is that? Sam says, there's no timestamp on it. Dean says, okay, so you think he's lying. Sam says, well, that or he's just wrong. It's hard to say. Dean says, yeah, I never trust a guy who wears a sweater. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 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 oddly specific <laughs> yeah he says you want me to head back there sam says no no i'm good let me do some more digging dean says all right i'm gonna go talk to the hotel clerk see what he knows so sam hangs up and um, as he's putting his phone in his pocket he notices the blue van right outside the house across the street um sam turns to walk hurriedly back to the kitchen and sees that everyone but victor is already gone sam says hey where did everyone go Victor says, tracking that vamp. Sam says, well, I think we got a problem a lot closer to home. Look at this. Sam gestures towards the front window as he walks back over to it and Victor follows him. Um, Sam says, see that blue van? My brother saw it outside the hotel yesterday. We think he's working with a vampire we popped. Victor says, looks like we're going hunting. So we cut to Dean at the motel. Um, he walks in and over to the front desk counter to talk to the clerk. The clerk says, ah, nice to see you again. Dean starts to take money out of his wallet. He says, yeah, I bet. Listen, I need to know who checked into room 215 yesterday. And he sets uh, $60 on the counter and the clerk starts counting it. The clerk says 215. It was some guy wearing a hoodie. So it was hard to make out his face. Dean says, he drive a blue van by any chance? The clerk says, do I look like a valet? <laughs> The clerk says, I know. the clerk says he took one of those and he gestures to um, a wall of brochures. And Dean walks over and looks at the brochures intently. He says, which one? The clerk says, the one that says lodge on it. Dean says, Conway Springs Lodge. The clerk says, yep, big during the summer season, but this time of the year it's closed. Dean says, how far away is it from here? And the clerk says, oh, it's a couple miles down the road. So we cut to outside Victor's house. Uh, Sam is walking outside the blue van and looking inside the driver's window, but it is empty. I mean, the van is empty. <laughs> Sam and Victor walk toward the back of the blue van and down the street to find the driver. Uh, we cut back to Dean. He's on a backcountry road. Uh, he's driving the Impala and he passes a wooden sign that reads Conway Springs Lodge. A smaller sign hangs below it that reads closed for the season. 
So Dean parks the Impala next to the sign and gets out and looks around to see if anyone's nearby and then begins walking up towards the buildings. He slides his machete out of a sheath from his side as he walks up to a door that's cracked open already, which is never good. I know. Like, that is bad. <laughs> that's an invitation for bad things. Yes. <laughs> Don't do it, dude. <laughs> Don't do it. So Dean opens the door a little more and grabs a flashlight out of his pocket uh, shines it in the doorway. He then pushes his way into the building and walks in slowly shining his flashlight around. Um, he continues to walk around. I don't know why I wrote that. Okay. Until he shines his flashlight on a girl who is sitting on the bottom of a bunk bed. Dean says, Hey, who the hell are you? And it's the same girl from the photo that Victor showed Sam and the kids back at Victor's house. And she looks scared and weak and dirty. Uh, the girl shies away from the light and starts sobbing. Dean says, answer me. The girl says, please make it go away. It hurts so much. Dean says, what? And uh, Dean sees a light switch on the wall and walks over and flips the lights on. The girl says, no, shut them off. They're too bright. Dean says, not till you tell me what the hell's going on here. Dean says, not Dean. The girl says, I don't know. And then the girl suddenly has vampire teeth pop out and she brings her hands up to her face to feel them. She says, ah, what's happening to me? <laughs> My mouth is not right. <laughs> Dean says, come here. And he quickly moves over to the girl and yanks her up off the bed and puts the machete to her neck. He says, that's never happened to you before. The girl says, no, no, there's something wrong with me. That guy, he did something to me. Dean says, what guy? The girl says, I don't know, this guy in a blue van, he grabbed me, he took me here. Then the girl starts to bend over in pain. She says, oh, my stomach, it hurts so much. A gun comes into view behind Dean. It's Chrissy. She says, Dean. <laughs> Dean turns around at the sound of his name and sees Chrissy, Aiden, and Josephine standing behind him with guns pointed at the vampire girl. Um, Dean puts his hands up to stop them and they look at him angrily. We cut back to Sam. Sam and Victor walk around an area in Victor's neighborhood that has a lot of trees, but no houses. Um, Sam sees a suspicious person run in front of them and duck behind a tree. Sam motions to Victor to go to the other side of the tree while he goes to the other side. Victor smiles and takes the gun from his sweater pocket. Um, the hooded guy waits quietly. Just as Sam is about to talk, Mr. Er, about to attack Mr. Hoodie, uh, Victor comes up behind Sam and hits him over the head with a gun. The hooded guy walks out from behind the tree and smiles at Victor, who returns the smile. Uh, the hooded guy uh, is a vampire, and his teeth pop out while he's still smiling. Okay, Sam's unconscious here, right? I don't think I wrote that, but I'm pretty sure. I think so, yeah. Yeah, again, with the unconsciousness. <laughs> Wear a helmet, man. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, for real. <laughs> so I cut to Dean. He says, put those away, and we can talk. Chrissy says, why are you with the vampire that killed my dad? Dean says, you're barking up the wrong tree. She didn't kill your pops. Chrissy says, I don't want to hurt you, Dean, but I will if you don't move. Dean says, listen to me, Chrissy. She's innocent. Josephine says, and how would you know that? Dean says, because she's fresh made a day or two. Her dad was killed months ago. This whole thing stinks. That vamp that we killed last night. Why was he swearing that he didn't do it? Aiden says, because he was a liar. Dean says, vampires don't beg for their lives. They attack. Look, last time I'm going to ask you nicely, take the damn guns off me or somebody's going to get hurt. Aiden says, big talk. 
Like, yeah, it says you, the little man. Like, yeah. Dean quickly moves and disarms Aiden. He's Dean too says, good for his britches, that one. He is, yes. Dean says, I know, it is, isn't it? Chrissy says, so let's say this isn't the vamp who killed my dad. She's still a monster and deserves to die. Dean says, not if we can save her. Aiden says, what? Dean says, she hasn't fed yet. We can reverse this if we find her maker and get his blood. Aiden says, and why should we care about her? Dean says, like I said, hunting isn't always about killing. Aiden says, oh, please preach to some other choir. We're not buying it. Dean says, you want to kill an innocent girl? Chrissy says, I want the bloodsucker who killed my dad to pay. Dean says, and we're going to find out who that is, but let's not be so bloodthirsty that just anyone will do. Josephine says, but Victor says it's her. Dean says, and I say it ain't. So we're going to pack her to go and we're going to ask Victor ourselves. Okay. So we cut back to Sam. He starts to wake up um, and finds he is tied to a chair in Victor's living room. Uh, Victor is sitting on a couch next to Sam and the hooded vampire stands nearby. Victor says, you're awake. Good. We don't have much time. Sam says, for what? Victor gets up and starts turning over furniture. He says, picture this. The kids arrive home victorious, only to find you dead in their living room. It seems that nest of vampires they were hunting were seeking revenge and killed you, thus inspiring them to hunt even more. I'm sorry, Sam. I can't have anyone poisoning my kids' minds. Sam says, other than yourself, that is. Victor says, I don't need to justify my actions to you or your self-righteous ass of a brother. But you should, because literally lives are on the line, so. Yeah, yep. (laughs) Sam says, you mean like why you're working with a vampire? So what's he get out of this? Free roaming rights? Victor says, we are at war, a war that we are losing. The Leviathan fiasco was a wake-up call. We have to do, um, sorry, I just kept like mini burping and it was really weird. It's like, sounded like I was just like stuttering during or yeah. Anyway. Okay. I'm I'm done. I'm done with the gas. Okay. Victor says we have to do what we can to survive, but I wouldn't expect you to understand. You're not a father. You don't know what it's like to hear the cries of your children dying, but now I have a second chance to make it all right to create the next generation of hunters, stronger, faster, smarter. The front door opens suddenly and Victor pulls a gun. uh, Victor pulls out a gun and points it at the door. Dean says, Hey, we're home. The hunted vampire smiles at the kids when they come in and showing off his vampire teeth. Josephine says, what is going on here? Victor says, these two are not to be trusted. They're trying to destroy us. Aiden says, do you know this vamp, Victor? Sam says, of course he does. They're working together. Aiden says, is that true? Victor says, it's complicated. (laughs) Dean says, no, actually it's not. See, Blue Van here has been turning fresh vamps and then setting them up for you kids as easy kills. Josephine says, but why? Chrissy says, because they didn't kill our families, did they? Victor says, no. Josephine says, well, then who did? The hooded vampire says, I did. And they all screamed and begged for mercy, especially the little ones. Victor says, enough, Seth. Victor is still holding a gun on Dean and looks at the kids and tries to explain. He says, you have to understand. I saw a way to make the future better. But to get there, I had to do something hard. Chrissy says, he killed them off of your orders. Victor says, you needed motivation. I scouted each and every one of you. 
and knew it was the only way to get you to hunt. Aiden says, so you killed our families? Victor says, I know the deaths are tragic, but think of all the future lives that will now be saved because you are now together. Ass backward way. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, like what? Chrissy says, so these fake vampires were just a way for you to train us and fill our heads with lies. Victor says, don't you see this is bigger than all of us. We have to learn to put things in perspective. Come with me. We can get past this. And Victor gently tosses his gun on the couch. Chrissy steps closer to Josephine and Aiden and looks at them. And they look at her and she shakes her head no. Victor says, that is unfortunate. Victor gives a side look to Seth. And Seth quickly moves over to Aiden and grabs him. Dean uses his time to draw a handgun from a side holster, which she points at Seth. Seth turns to Aiden. Um, Seth turns Aiden to face the others and hisses in Aiden's ear with his teeth out fully. Chrissy says, Aiden, Victor says, we're leaving. Chrissy steps in front of Victor to stop him. She says, that's not happening. Victor says, I taught you everything, you know, don't make me hurt you. Chrissy says, not everything, Victor. And then Chrissy signals Josephine who pulls out a knife and tries to stab Victor with it. Um, but he stops her. Meanwhile, Chrissy pulls out a trait gun and shoots, um, a shot into Seth's eye and another into his chest and he falls over as Victor turns around to face Chrissy again. She's already pulling out a handgun and pointing it at him. Dean says, Chrissy don't Chrissy says, if we want revenge for our family's deaths, he gives it to us. Dean says, we don't kill people. You don't kill people. Like that's not how you do things. <laughs> yeah. Chrissy says, he's not a person. He's a monster. And she steps towards Victor who backs up slowly and then falls to his knees. Sam says, Chrissy, this sounds bad, no matter what we do. Chrissy is now pointing the gun directly at Victor's head. She says, exactly. She cocks her gun and Dean lowers his and takes a step towards her. Dean says, Chrissy, don't. Chrissy says, this is for my dad. And she pulls the trigger, but no bullets come out. Victor jumps back at the sound and gasps. Chrissy continues to pull the trigger. She says, for Josephine's family, for Aiden. She pulls the trigger again and says, for me, at each trigger pull, Victor becomes more and more distraught. And <laughs> as, as would I. And when Chrissy is done, she drops the bullets that, that were loaded into the gun previously near Victor's head, which is almost on the ground as he sobs. Chrissy turns to look at Dean. Aiden says, so we're just going to let him live. Chrissy turns to look at Aiden. She says, yeah. All alone with himself, no family, no friends. Ask me, that's not much of anything. And Chrissy turns back to Dean. She says, let's save that girl. So um, while Victor is sobbing on his hands and knees on the floor, he pulls a gun from his sock holster. Maybe I need a sock holster. That's kind of <laughs> awesome. You got to get a gun first. I got to get a gun. There we go. Okay. I mean, it could be like a knife holster. Do you even have a knife? I have a Swiss Army knife. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the same. <laughs> this is what you're looking for. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I do have one of those. Do I know where it is? No. I mean, it's somewhere up high because, you know, I have a child, you but I don't remember exactly where up high it is. Because <laughs> hmm. those things are harder to close than they are to open. <laughs> they are. I don't remember how to close it. Eric had to show me a couple of times. And you then gotta I was, open the little ledge thingy back up. I don't know what that means. 
Yeah, I'll show you later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks. I'll I'll find my knife first. I feel like Eric has the same exact one. He had like a friend that he was in the Marines with that got like everyone in his life one for like a Christmas present one year. And I was like, oh, thank you. Because <laughs> I had never been gifted a knife before, but but yeah, handy. Yeah. I remember Eric giving me like a lesson on how to stab someone with it once too. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like, you understand that with a knife, you know, you have to actually be close to someone, Yeah, you know, like you have to get close and you have to make sure that they're not taking it away from you. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, you gotta just, use like, it before they use it. <laughs> yeah. I had just never really like thought about it before, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't think that I envisioned like doing like the knife throw when it just like landing blade first into somebody's eyeball. But like, (laughs) (laughs) I would be really impressed if you could do that. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Like really impressed. I'm pretty sure I can't do that. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Um, So yes, sock holster, Victor. (laughs) Josephine yells, gun. And before anyone can get to him, Victor puts the gun to his head and pulls the trigger, killing himself instantly and splattering blood and brains all over the wall. Yay. (laughs) So we cut to the next morning at Victor's house. Um, Aiden is sitting next to the girl vampire from the lodge um, on the couch in the living room. Josephine is sitting on the coffee table in front of her and Chrissy hands her a glass of the vampire cure. Josephine says, just drink slowly. This will take away all the pain. So Chrissy then walks over to Sam and Dean who are standing next to the front door. Dean says, proud of you. Chrissy says, shut up before I punch you. (laughs) Sam says, so how's she doing? Chrissy says, better now. Sam says, oh, um," and he pulls out Chrissy's dad's necklace and hands it to her. He says, I think this is yours. Chrissy says, thank you. Sam says, I'll wait outside. Dean says, okay, whenever you're ready, we'll be in the car. Chrissy says, what are you talking about? Dean says, your aunt, Cincinnati, normal life. We'll be there by lunch tomorrow. Chrissy says, look, I hate how we were put together, but I can't deny that it feels right. And why should I let Victor ruin that too? Dean says, so what you're saying is that you like that boy over there and you want us to stay. (laughs) Which I'm pretty sure is what she's saying. Chrissy says, what? Aiden? No. I mean, he's like my brother. It's nothing like that, which I doubt, but that's fine. (laughs) Dean says, well, you're all still minors. Chrissy says, not for long. Josephine will be 18 in a few months and we'll all have a life and each other here. Dean says, and hunting? Chrissy says, we won't go looking for it, but if any monsters show up around here, they better look out. Dean says, okay, good. Chrissy says, really? I thought I was going to have to fight you way more on that. Dean says, well, you're right. You're not a kid anymore. You can make your own decisions. Chrissy says, you're all right for an old guy. Dean says, I'm really not that old. <laughs> Chrissy says, you <laughs> keep telling. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> Chrissy says, you keep telling yourself that. Dean says, huh? All right. Well, I'm going to have a, a guy come and check on you every once in a while. Okay. His name is Garth and he'll make sure that you're all right. And you got what you need. Chrissy says, Garth? He says, yeah, he's a little strange at first, but you'll come to love him. He's a little nutty. <laughs> uh, Dean holds up a close fist for a fist bump. 
but instead Chrissy grabs his fist and gets on her toes to kiss him on the cheek, which makes Dean smile. Chrissy says, take care, Dean. And she walks off back to where Josephine and the vampire girl are sitting. Um, and Aiden stares at Dean from down the hallway. Aiden says, yeah, goodbye, Dean. Aiden then tries to duck back into the kitchen, but Dean calls him over. Dean says, Aiden, listen, there's a, there's something I want to tell you about Chrissy. Aiden says, I know, I know. You'll kill me if I ever hurt her. Blah, blah, blah. Dean says, no, no, no. She'll kill you. <laughs> Dean pats Aiden on the back and walks out the door. He He's says, like, good luck. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, he says, good luck. Aiden looks horrified at Chrissy, who smiles back at him. Aiden closes and locks the door behind Dean. Sam says, this is good. Dean says, is it? Sam says, could have been a lot worse. Dean says, will be if we don't shut those gates of hell soon. Sam says, what do they have to do with any of that? Dean says, they're hunters now. You don't just walk away from that. There's only one way out of that. And you and I both know it ain't pretty. Sam says, maybe they'll be different. Dean says, or maybe if we shut that hell hole once and for all, those three can have a real life. Sam says, maybe they won't be the only ones. And Sam and Dean get into the Impala and drive off down the road. And credits. Okay, so my only thought for this episode is that Victor is not a healthy individual. <laughs> he is not. You're correct. <laughs> I think that he probably has some mental and emotional problems. And I'm not judging. Like, you know. I mean fine but like (laughs) who really kills people it's like okay you know like hey I would like to these kids to know how to hunt so I'm gonna kill their whole families and become their surrogate father (laughs) like what (laughs) yeah like that that was premeditated sir that wasn't like a crime of opportunity at all Mm -hmm. (laughs) that was definitely like you made that happen yeah yeah, that's not right. And I wonder, so he probably became a hunter when his family died, right? So I just that's how it usually so. goes. They didn't say in this episode, but that's how it usually goes. They so might have. And they and Sam and Dean said that they met him like a long time ago in Spokane. Yeah, but he said his family had been gone for a while too. Yeah. Just, I was kind of under the impression that he started hunting because of his family. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I was saying. That's what yeah. I, I think is yeah. probable. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's how it normally goes. So usually. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Either like either friends or family or something. Yeah. Um, what was your favorite moment from this episode? Oh, um, I actually have one. <laughs> uh, um, so my favorite moment was at the end when um Chrissy went to or when Dean went to fist bump Chrissy and she like kissed him on the cheek instead I just thought that was so sweet because she's such a like hardened person <laughs> she's you know a what hard I mean? nut <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because you said nut okay oh, whatever. <laughs> she's a hard nut to crack there you yes go. yeah she is you know she's she's got obviously she's got her issues so it was it was nice to see a a soft side to her yeah that wasn't you know just like a car makeout with a cute boy so I know right yeah (laughs) but even then like hard to tell what exactly was going on there (laughs) 
Yeah. I want to know more about that. Like <laughs> does Aiden and like Josephine have car makeouts too? Do you know what I mean? Do they just like, okay, now it's your turn. Like do, does Chrissy and Josephine have car makeouts? Like. I doubt it. I mean, it sounds like this was kind of like a one and done sort of situation. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. I just want to know more. I want to ask them some questions about their <laughs> making out. I need to know about walking. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. Yep. What was your favorite moment? <laughs> um, what was mine? I don't remember. Oh, so when Aiden was like, yeah, I know you'll kill me if I ever hurt her, blah, 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 blah. And Dean's like, uh, no, she'll kill you. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't be worried about me, the big scary guy. <laughs> He worried about her, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that was pretty good. He looked horrified. I know, like, ah. yeah. <laughs> what have I done? You know. <laughs> yep. Uh, like, yeah, the big scary guy is telling you that the little the little twerp is the one that's the problem. <laughs> mm-hmm. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, I was glad that Dean did that. Yeah, because I think that Chrissy probably does like Aiden. Probably. And I feel like because it's like, okay, well, if I'm not here, how is he supposed to take me seriously? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So having, you know, Chrissy be the bad guy is probably a good, yeah. good option. <laughs> yep. So. Um, so the interesting facts from this episode, it says Adrian Huff, who plays Victor Rogers in the episode, um, also played Dr. Heidecker in season one, episode 18, uh, something wicked from 2006. Do you remember that episode? That's the one with the Striga and, and he played, he played the doctor of the, all the, all the kids in the hospital who were in their like comas. Because because they'd been Striga'd and he is the actual Mm -hmm. Striga. Yeah. Yes, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is kind of funny because they I shouldn't say they reuse, but also they kind of like reuse a lot of actors for stuff like that. So it's kind of like, okay, so for the people that like remember things really well or whatever, like it's always gonna be a little bit off. Yeah. For them, you know, like To where for me, it's like, oh yeah, okay, I kind of remember, but like only because you brought it up, you know, like yeah. if I would have just watched it, even in a row, you know, that the seasons are so far apart that it's just kind of like, okay, you know, like, yeah, I wouldn't have put two and two together if it wasn't like in the interesting facts. Yeah. But, and if you didn't remember it, cause obviously <laughs> <laughs> I didn't remember it that well either. <laughs> I- remember like when I saw Victor in this episode I was like I I recognize this guy and it's not from this episode you know from like viewing yeah it before. like I remember thinking that he looked familiar mm-hmm. but I don't but I couldn't place it until yeah I didn't know why facts. yeah yeah right. um so it says Madison McLaughlin first played her character Chrissy Chambers in season seven episode 11 um adventures in babysitting from 2012 um it says this episode shares its name with the tv show freaks and geeks from 1999 which Mm -hmm. i have never heard of (laughs) i i think i watched it not all of it but maybe the first season or first half season um and i remember liking it i mean it was just you know about kids in high school the awkward kids you know yeah yeah um but i don't really remember 
I don't remember why I stopped watching it or, or anything like that. So yeah. Yeah. It's a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 1999 was a little bit ago. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah, a what? different century, man. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, <dude>. Whoa. <laughs> my mind here, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> okay so it says um where am i oh um dean catches up with chrissy as she takes down the vampire and asks the whereabouts of the blue van that he was usain bolting to um dean is referring to the jamaican sprinter who is the first man to win six gold medals in sprinting in the modern olympic games yeah I'm pretty sure anybody that's been born in the last like 20 years probably knows who that is yeah <laughs> Yep. Maybe even less than that, but I don't know. I don't know how much kids these days watch the Olympics. Yeah, I don't probably know. haven't watched it since he was in them, but mm-hmm. still. Because when was he? I don't know when the last time he was in the Olympics. is. Was he in the Olympics this last time? I don't think he was. I have no idea. I, yeah, I don't know. So it's been. I don't watch the Olympics. So at least, yeah, four or five years, I would assume since he's competed in the olympics if he wasn't in this one mm-hmm. heck i don't even, even like i have no idea if he was in the one before that either but yeah i don't know i do remember i remember watching, watching i remember watching the olympics as a kid you know what i mean like an older kid yeah. but like i don't really remember watching it since then truthfully yeah. so i watched it when did i i did watch it this last time it was on um but I mostly wanted to watch the water polo and that wasn't usually on until like 11 or 12 at night. Oh, that sucks. And so I didn't get to watch any of it really. I mean, I saw a couple of games here and there and saw some like highlights or whatever here and there, Mm -hmm. but I didn't really get to see much. So I did watch some like random bits of like diving and swimming. Mm -hmm. I don't think... I usually like to watch the gymnastics. That's like my favorite Olympic sport to watch, but I don't even think I really saw much of that either. Yeah. That was like my favorite as a kid was that in the ice skating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't mind watching the ice skating for a little bit in the winter Olympics, but after a while, like it just kind of gets a little repetitive for me. So it stresses me out to watch now, honestly, the, the ice skating, every time they do their jumps, I'm just like, <gasps> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which kind of like ruined Disney on Ice for me. Oh yeah, <laughs> because, because I, I realized that because we you've been with me uh-huh. to that before, and like I think I've taken my mom one year, and uh-huh. I mean I don't remember it was a while ago, but um, yay COVID. Um, but, <laughs> but we were thinking about going. Yeah, we were thinking about going this year, and um, I was like, you know, like. It always just stresses me out every time they jump in the air because half the time those guys do fall down, yeah. you know? And so I'm just like, I'm always just like, <laughs> like oh God, I oh mean, God. while being professionals. <laughs> sure. Yes, it's of course. Still a kid's show. And my guess is their um, expectations for that versus like any other adult themed show mm-hmm. would probably be a little different. Yeah. If the kids aren't really going to care if they fall down, you know? <laughs> Oh no, not at all. I think with, I think with Disney on ice, I might be totally wrong. Um, but we've gone to like earlier shows and later shows. Cause they do a couple shows a day, you uh-huh. know, um, and then do them for a couple days in a row. And like the, like 
earlier in the week you go and like earlier in the day you go, I think that um, the people doing the figure skating are not as um, skilled or whatever you want to say about the yeah. people who do them on like Saturday at seven at night, you know, yeah. like those are like your, your ones with more talent or I don't know if that's right. Yeah, either, I figured but... that's when most people are going. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, I don't know why I'm talking about Disney on ice, but <laughs> <laughs> ice skating Olympics, you know, Usain Bolt. <laughs> okay. Disney on ice. It's perfect. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, where, mm, let me think. Okay. Okay. So it says when Sam suggests that Chrissy's dad doesn't know what she's doing. What? Oh, that Chrissy's dad doesn't know what Chrissy is doing. I was like, are you calling Chrissy's dad a she? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yep. De- Dean says what? Sneaking out in the middle of the night to hunt monsters with the Apple Dumpling Gang? He's referring to the Disney comedy The Apple Dumpling Gang from 1975, starring Don Knotts and Tim Conway. Which I've, I've literally heard of- never heard of any of that. See, I've heard of the Apple Dumpling Gang, but like that's what I've heard of the Apple Dumpling Gang is the yeah. name. <laughs> yeah, I've never, never heard of that. Yeah. <laughs> um it says adrian huff um appeared in an episode of travelers from 2016 with ian tracy um the actor who played chrissy's father who's adrian huff um the guy who plays victor okay gotcha um it says dean expected victor's home to be more lord of the flies less huxtables um, in flies, a plane crash leaves a group of schoolboys on a remote island with no adults. Um, they quickly devolve into brutal, violent, primitive tribalism. Um, and if I'm not wrong, I think I remember them like eating each other too, like full on cannibal, like bloodshed with these kids. I'm not sure. I've never, I don't know how I ever got out of reading that in school. It was just like never one that we had to read I mean it's one of those that's like super popular but I think everybody can kind of like my guess is that most teachers have like an option of like okay do you want to read like Lord of the Flies or do you want to read like where the red fern grows or something you know like which is another sad one (laughs) I would I would would probably choose Lord of the Flies over where the red fern grows (laughs) have you read where the red fern grows Yes, I had to in school and damn. Yeah. yeah. See, I think I don't know. I, I think you would probably do better with where the red fern grows. Well, I mean it's like one instance at the end where like the dog dies where or something. It's sad. Yeah, I remember. That's true. Which yeah. like Lord of the Flies is like a lot of kids being awful to each other for like the whole book. Yeah. Yeah, I think like killing each other, not just like, oh, they're being mean, like full on, like ripping each other apart (laughs) from what I remember. Yeah, I I don't think I could like listen to it. I don't or I guess listen to it or read it now Um, after having a kid. I think it would probably be too upsetting. Yeah. Back when you were in school. Yeah. You could probably deal with Lord of the Flies better Mm -hmm. now. No. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't totally remember a whole lot from it. I just remember, like, I think, and don't quote me on this, I think they're, like, killing each other and, like, eating each other and, like, Mm -hmm. weird stuff, you know, like, because they're stranded on an island somewhere, and I don't remember how. It was, was like, a boat 
wreck or plane wreck or who knows, but somehow all these kids ended up on an island. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Anyways. Um, uh, okay. So it says the Huxtables were a clean cut upper middle class affluent family in the top rated comedy, the Cosby show from 1984. Um, this episode of supernatural was aired a year before the world first learned of Bill Cosby's history of committing drug assisted sexual assault. Yeah. Fuck that so, guy. There's that. <laughs> yeah. But at least they like, you know, made reference to that and like, Hey, we didn't know. You know? <laughs> yeah. exactly sorry you know so (laughs) there's that (laughs) yeah um so our research from this week is off of the spokesman review or this let me just try this again okay (laughs) it's off of the spokesman.com uh website um and it's the website for the spokesman review which is a um, I want to say, yeah, it's a newspaper. Okay. Um, so it's the haunted tales of Spokane's past Phil newspaper morgue. <laughs> okay. So it's a bunch of, you know, sketchy things that have apparently happened in Spokane. Mm-hmm. Um, it says in the morgue of the spokesman review, a windowless dark and rarely visited room in the basement of the review tower. Um, eyes of Spokaneites long dead stare out from yellowing paper and voices speak from the past. Tales of death, murder, and missing people fill cabinet after cabinet, and envelopes are stuffed with the stories of ghosts, witches, sea serpents, and monsters. And P.S., by the way, the whole reason that we're doing this is because they're in Spokane briefly, but also, like, I would just like to say the way that Jared said Spokane Mm-hmm. it's not right <laughs> he's like Spokane <laughs> oh I didn't notice that that's funny I think I was more like he said a city in Washington yeah you know? I was very much like he said it and you can tell that he's from Texas when he said it <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's Spokane not mm-hmm. Spokane <laughs> yep but well know. I'm sure we say every single city in town wrong <laughs> oh for sure yeah like there's a lot of them that like I ain't never heard of before. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, you know, it is what it is. Yep. Um, uh, It says tales of death, murder, and missing people fill cabinet after cabinet, and envelopes are stuffed with stories of ghosts, witches, sea serpents, and monsters. Uh, The morgue, which is a term common among newspapers describing their paper archives, um, is packed with thousands of these envelopes, and each envelope is stuffed with dozens of articles clipped from daily editions of Spokane's 135-year-old newspaper. It says, for this Halloween, some of these ghastly and peculiar stories were pulled from their dusty confines. (laughs) Though they all, they're, they're all very dramatic about the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Though they all may not have really happened, they all happened here. The first one is Matron Falls to Death um, through Hotel Skylight. It says it was nearing 7 p.m. at the Davenport Hotel on August 17, 1920, and the lobby was filled with diners. Uh, the murmur of conversation and tinkling of silverware filled the stately main room of the hotel, open just six years at the time. Not among them was Ellen McNamara, um, 68, a rich widow from the New York City, or from the New York City, from New York City, (laughs) (laughs) who was traveling around the West with her sister and two cousins. Um, Their next stop was Glacier National Park, um, but McNamara wasn't feeling well. She told her companions to go on without her, and they did. 
Um, as I sat in the Isabella room, uh, McNamara opened the wrong door and stepped out onto the hotel's third floor glass skylight. Uh, the glass under her feet did not hold and she fell into the lobby near the Sprague Avenue entrance. Uh, the crash of glass cut through the noise of dinner and about 100 people saw her fall. Uh, witnesses say her shoulders struck the, the floor first and that her head crashed against the stone. Um, some men carried her to a couch and still conscious, uh, she said her final words, where did I go? <laughs> oh my God. No kidding. Just like, I'm a little stunned right now. What just happened? You know, like, please clarify. That is, okay. What place, hotel, whatever has that, like a glass thing in the floor, you know, basically like just through an, a door you can open, like, and just like unlocked that she could just open this door and venture <laughs> out. You know, that doesn't seem. My uh, guess is that because back in the day, they didn't have a whole lot of safety stuff, you know, mm -hmm. like my guess is it was probably something that people could like go and look at and it was kind of like an attraction or something. Maybe. I mean, I've been to the Davenport hotel cause I went to school, um, in Spokane for about a year. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, Spokanistan as the locals call it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and we did. So like one of the, uh, one of the things that like the freshmen's, the freshmen's, the freshmen do is they'll go on these little like freshman dates or whatever, you know? So it's like our usually in each, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Hall dorm. There uh -huh. we go. They have like boys and girls mixed that were mine was an all girls dorm, which was right next to the all boys dorm. So it was kind of like, that was the little community rather than like having them like every other floor, or, you know, the top half is boys and the bottom half is girls or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so we did like a freshman date or whatever, where it's like all the girls picked a tie, just like a random tie from the guys RAs. And that was like your date for the night. And we went over to the Davenport and had like ice cream or something. And yeah. Um, That's cool. So yeah, it was kind of cool. I, I vaguely, I don't know if there was a, um, I don't remember there being like a skylight, but I also don't remember looking for one either. Right, <laughs> I have right, no idea, yeah. but I don't know. I could just guess that if it is still there, it's probably like sectioned off now. But I mean, back in the day, they used to have stuff like that where it's like, oh, look what the people walking below or whatever and like open it up. And she might have just like fallen out of it. She might have like, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, okay. so. I don't know why she would have walked out onto it. Maybe she was shit-faced. That's what I would assume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's probably the only reason why she was still alive when she fell because her body was just like limp. Yeah. Limp, you know, like yeah. <laughs> so much alcohol in your system where if you're like bracing yourself for it, it's going to make, I think it's going to harm you more than if you just kind of like, Bleh, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> which, uh, oh, that sounds awful. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, so it said, um, she became insensible and was taken to her room and died within the hour. Um, guests have reported seeing a woman dressed in 1920s attire, leaning over the railing above the lobby, um, looking for someone, but never saying a word. So my guess is, yeah, like it probably like 
it was something that you can still go and look like through the lobby mm-hmm. skylight, but there's, <laughs> you know, precautions now. <laughs> also, okay. why did they take her to the hospital? Let me just put you in my, in your room and sleep it off. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like that, that, that's the thing is it doesn't really make much sense. Like, yeah, that's a weird one. I'm sure there's way more to the story that just isn't in this article. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe she just like looked like she was with it enough when she fell that they were just kind of like, okay. And then like decided to put her in a room and somebody was like, oh, she'll be fine. You know? Ugh. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's bananas. It's a possibility, you know? Yeah. Um, so this next one is strange events near Fairfield. Um, it says in 1927, a man in the Palouse town of Fairfield, uh, died in a mysterious manner. Um, some said RJ morning died when he fell out of a barn loft. Um, others say he fell from a car being driven by a man named Henry Ness. Um, still more blamed drinking, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it uh-huh. says death followed by a drunken debauch, a, a Spokane daily chronicle article read. That's a Spokane Daily Chronicle article. That's hard. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, It says one way or the other, Morning's family began relaying stories um, of seeing a ghost prompting a prosecutor to reopen his murder investigation. (laughs) That's that's different. You know, like we keep seeing a ghost. Something's going on. You need to look into this more. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Only back in the 20s would this happen. Nowadays, people would be like, yeah, okay, whatever. You know? (laughs) Um. It says the prosecutor reports that a ghost has been um, bobbing around in the vicinity. Some citizens believing morning met a violent death and his ghost is calling for vengeance. Uh, The Chronicle reported on August 27th, 1927. Um, His family agreed uh, with the ghostly vengeance bit. They reported seeing a ghost in a big ravine where he could not have escaped, but he finally vanished in thin air. Um, They saw another ghost pulling a car out of a field um, with a team of horses like what? what? <laughs> and another ran a car backward directly at their house. <laughs> wow. Like okay. are the horses like the ghost is driving a live team of horses to move wow. house? Again, I need I need more info. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like or is it like ghost horses moving yeah. around the house? Is it ghost horses moving a ghost house? You know, like- <laughs> I took it as ghost horses. Like, yeah, ghost Found horses. Another ghost and- pulling a car out of a field with a team of horses. Like, I mean, the only thing that I can, uh, to me, that seems like it's a ghost that's driving a team of real horses. Because how else would ghost horse, like, how would ghost horses, like, pull a car, you know, like, it would have to be real horses to pull the real car. Unless it would either ghost- have to be all, all alive or all dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. How can ghost anything, like, manipulate something physical, you know, like. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess if you watch like all the, you know, exorcisms of, you know, so-and-so and and all the like hauntings at whatever house, like, cause that's what they're all called. Let's be real. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's either the exorcism of somebody, the haunting at wherever the haunting is at Mm -hmm. or like paranormal something (laughs) in the title. (laughs) Yeah. 
it says other quote unquote queer happenings <laughs> raise suspicions. Um, it says the family reported strange marks on the floor of a deserted house, uh, rockets fired from nearby hills, <laughs> flashes of light seen in the night, and a man um, and a man has made mysterious appearances and disappearances. Um, it says some think that they have seen the ghost and I have been looking for material evidence, but I am at a loss to know just what happened, said the prosecutor, um, who's referred to only as Greenough. I don't know, um, in the articles. Hmm. Um, it says the case remained a mystery, but local sheriff uh, deputies believe they had the answer and it involved liquor runners um, who used a deserted building that was found by morning. Um, uh, those local law enforcement officers have been hot on the trail of the ghosts, <laughs> a spokesman review article read, but they are inclined to believe that moonshiners and not phantoms are back or at the back of the strange manifestations. Um, okay. <laughs> moonshiners in Spokane. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> I didn't know Spokane had a history of moonshiners, but I kind of like it. <laughs> I think everywhere has a history of moonshiners. Yeah, I'm sure, you know, but like, usually you have to be near. So from what, what little I know about moonshining from watching the show Moonshiners <laughs> briefly <laughs> here and there, you have to be near water. Okay. So there has to be like a creek or a river or something because you need to like have flowing water for like the process somehow. Weird. Okay. That's all I got. <laughs> that's all, all right. I know. Okay. Well, that's so, more than I knew. As long as you have water, <laughs> then you should be able to moonshine. <laughs> I think. Okay. <laughs> also someplace that's hidden because it's very illegal. <laughs> Um, wait is it illegal now yeah what like there's a whole show moonshiners based off of like people illegally making moonshine i thought it was totally fine now i mean there are people who make moonshine for like stores and stuff you know like right. there's moonshining businesses but as far as like actually moonshining like you're not allowed to because it's i think it's probably because of like the whole like tax on alcohol in okay. the u.s and so like they're literally like bootlegging a bunch of alcohol you know gotcha okay that makes so, sense i mean and also like hey it's dangerous you know <laughs> like yeah it is stills that can like kaboom in the middle of the woods and there goes the forest fire you know like mm -hmm. i don't know Anyways, <laughs> uh, so this next one is the ghost of Union Park. Um, it says in the winter of 1934, a sheet draped figure terrorized the people of Union Park, um, part of what's now called the East Central neighborhood of Spokane. The so-called ghost of Union Park had frightened children and peeped into windows. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but was also found roaming the streets at night. <laughs> People called police to report a gray ghost and wraith-like figure who just seemed to appear when they approached it, leaving no footprints. Uh, the police department assigned prowl car officers Cole and Pym to the case, and the news made the papers, um, which is where the ghost's mother heard about the whole thing. She told <laughs> authorities her son was a shell-shocked war veteran and said she now keeps him at home at night. <laughs> An article read. I would hope wow. 
Yeah. Peeping in people's windows. Yeah. But even if he's not like harmful, it's still concerning, you know, <laughs> like, and didn't you say it was like winter? Um, I think so. So, and he's wearing a sheet like that's yeah. Winter know. of 1934. Yeah. So he's just, you know, freezing his buns off. I suppose I, he could have a snowsuit on under that sheet, but like <laughs> maybe I was like, <laughs> probably not. I, I definitely like, I lived in Spokane and it is cold there during the winters. I mean, like it got to like negative 19 wow. when I lived there and yeah. it's dry cold, which is much better than here in Western Washington, because like it's 40 and wet and like bone chilling. Cause it just kind of like soaks in where like over there, as long as you're wearing like you know, some dry clothes and a puffy jacket, you're mm-hmm. good. You know, like nothing like melts or gets wet until you come inside. And in which case you've already like just shook off most of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a little different, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to be out there in a sheet. Nope. <laughs> Not even a little. Nope. <laughs> oh, but here's the story time. So <laughs> when I was um, at school there, the guys mm-hmm. dorm that it was like a tradition for them for the first day or the first night that it snowed they were they go out in their boxers their their you know little boxer briefs or whatever and boots and that's it i think they were they let them wear hats too so they <laughs> it was like the tradition that at like midnight or something like that they would go out and run the whole campus which was like 40 acres right so they did like a loop which would take you five minutes you know yeah especially running in your underwear yeah Um, and that was like the first day it snowed every year that's what the guys in that dorm did I don't know if it was just the freshmen or if it was everybody but like they're like oh it snowed the guys are gonna run tonight and you just see them out there like singing songs and running (laughs) out in their little whitey tighties or or whatever you know like Oh man. And they'd all come uh, back and like be pink, you know, like yeah. you can see from your dorm to their dorm, like that they were bright red from the cold. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, wow. but that was a thing that happened. So, and that reminded me of it. So mm-hmm. anyways, <laughs> thank God the uh, girls didn't have to do that. Not that you couldn't run for five minutes. I'm sure you could, but I, I don't think I could. <laughs> well, I think it was just to like, you know, kind of haze them a little bit. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. They called all of the things because like, so the school that I went to was Whitworth and it's like a liberal arts school or whatever. And so they're not allowed to haze people, you know, Mm -hmm. they called it tradition instead of initiating. So if you didn't want to do any of those things, you didn't have to, but it was encouraged, you know, (laughs) because it's like, this is the tradition. The guys all do this, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and none of it was like awful, you know, like it didn't hurt anybody or whatever, you know, but it was like, they, they still had an option to choose if they wanted to. And most of them did do it, you know, that's (laughs) cool. Like, it's gonna be fun. Let me just go run in my undies and my, you know, (laughs) let's be real. The reason they probably did it was because they got to run around in their underwear. (laughs) Exactly. You know, (laughs) that's fine. (laughs) Um, Anyways. So um, back to the, you know, the, the, the guy getting kept home at night it says in view of the pitiful angle to the affair nothing more will be done about it at this time the police said according to the story so they felt bad for the dude being a little I mean yeah off you know yeah. and they were like 
okay, nah, you're good. We're not going to get you in trouble for that. Just keep them home, please. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, The next one is the serpents. It says on August 27th, uh, 1944, M.L. Little, a Tenasket man, uh, wrote a letter to the editor relaying the tale of of a sea serpent in Omak Lake. Um, Little said he was traveling to Omak with Fred Howard and saw um, what appeared to be two large, long logs lying close to the shore. Seconds later, another look showed one of these to be swinging around and heading out into the lake. They were 12 to 16 feet long, two feet in diameter, and submerged just under the water's surface. (laughs) The rough blotch of the body remained quite visible, and the water in turmoil during its passage, Little wrote. Uh, The head broke the surface a few times, and it was the size of a 30-gallon drum. Uh, The men easily followed its progress the entire distance to the cliffs at the far end of the lake, where it splashed for a few seconds and disappeared from view. I should be greatly... Um, pleased if any who may have seen this creature would write me he wrote including his mailing address like <laughs> huh. I need to talk to somebody about this yeah yeah I mean you'd want definitely want to connect with somebody who had experienced the same thing like am I the only one out here please yeah. <laughs> dear diary <laughs> um, it says a decade later on May 15th 1956 another letter to the editor this one from C.F. Dement um, brought up the storied monster of Rock Lake, a deep cliff-lined lake in the Scablands. <laughs> what a horrible place to be. <laughs> yeah. Scablands. That's an interesting <laughs> choice. Yeah. No, thanks. Um, Dement's grandfather purchased some land near the lake in 1890, and Dement spent several summers on the lake as a child. It was during these visits that I learned stories of a huge prehistoric monster which lived in Rock Lake, and it was said that the Indians shunned the location, he wrote. Um, in 1995, the Spokesman Review profiled the lake, mentioning the Indian and urban legend that the lake is home uh, to a monster. And by Indian, they mean Native American, not like Indian from India. Right. Yes, yes, so. yes. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Ooh. <clears throat> uh, my sis owns property on one of the lake's points, a local landowner and hobby historian of the area anonymously told the paper. Uh, one evening, uh, she was rounding the point into a bay when she saw something huge on top of the water suddenly splash and go under. Um, I asked her how big it was. Um, it was as big as a tree and stretched further across than my living room, she said. I think it was a sturgeon myself. <laughs> <Huh. What>? <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, it says monster or no, the article quoted a scientist leaving a more harrowing note on the t- notoriously dangerous lake. Um, It says, once a body gets down 200 feet or so, it will just stay there, said Bob Peck, um, a Washington State Department of Fish and Wildlife Fisheries biologist, uh, describing the potential fate of careless boaters on Rock Lake. I hear they stay in a pretty good condition, too, until someone pulls them up, and then they just fall apart. Oh, gross. Like, they're only okay as long as they're in the water. After that, good luck. (laughs) Yeah, they just slide right off their bones, I guess. Like I guess. I mean, if you're waterlogged, is that what happens? Like, does yeah, the flesh just so. kind of come off? Or is it like, I don't know. Do you kind of like melt? I don't know. It's probably, I don't know. I, I could guess. Too much. Yeah, I'm like, I could guess and be completely wrong. And yeah, yeah. I would go with probably you're falling. You're so tender, you're falling off the bone. Yeah. <laughs> That's God. what I'm going to go with. <laughs> That is awful. Which, of course, would make your insides fall out. So, you know, there's that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, so moving on. <laughs> it says, 
uh, the sixth realm, it says in August of 1982, uh, the spokesman review profiled Judy Ladin and her claims of communicating with a spirit. I know it sounds batty, like I'm crazy, she said. I hear voices, I talk to God. Um, but as the article made clear, Ladin didn't say she talked to God, but rather to a resident of the sixth realm, uh, one realm under God named F. Um, with a Ouija board as intermediary, um, Aff would answer Aladdin's questions, not just about the afterlife, death, and human condition, but also the economy, criminal behavior, modern medicine, marital spats, reincarnation, black holes in space, suicide, the fate of Hitler's spirit, and the movie, E.T. <laughs> oh, wow. She is talking to a demon, okay? 100%. Yes. Yeah. Like, that <laughs> Don't is without do a doubt. that shit, you know? <laughs> I know. You just leave that right alone. Yeah. God. <laughs> Um, it says with a uh, nope. There we go. I already read that. It says her sessions with Aff would last as long as two hours and generate as many as two thousand written words. With Ladin transcribing Aff's coherent and verbose descriptions, um, Aff would visit visit Ladin anywhere um, in her downtown office or at Riverfront Park. Um, cool little park, Riverfront Park. Um, mm -hmm. All she had to do was clear her mind. It's not actually a voice. What I hear is a stream of thoughts which are not my own. It's real clear. It's just as if they were, or just as if it were spoken to me. I can feel expression, emphasis, exclamation. I can feel laughter. I can feel the good humor. Aladdin said, <coughs> I'm sorry, good humor. <laughs> what? What'd you say? What'd like, you say? <clears throat> sorry, my voice is getting all weird. Um, it right. says, I can feel laughter. I can feel the good humor, Aladdin said. Um, good oh. humor. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that's not good humor i don't that's, think it is either that's your soul being taken over by a demon <laughs> like nice try but no i don't believe that for a second <laughs> uh. <clears throat> oh excuse me do you um, need a says, drink of water uh i don't think that'll help <laughs> okay um it says like most other people would if they believed a spirit was communicating only with them, Ladin worried that Aff was not real, but a figment of her imagination. Aff assured her that was not true. <laughs> well, that's what? what Aff would say. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so is she a little bit nuts or is she actually talking to something awful? Who knows? Yeah. Um, it says, it is Aff speaking, he told her. I come to you from the highest realms of the universe. You are truly privileged to be the messenger of these glad tidings. No. <laughs> ah, no. no i don't like it not even I, a little <laughs> i do not like it wow that's terrifying i know Ugh. um so it said laden would go on to collect aft's words in three self-published books beyond the veil a further step beyond the veil and another look at life beyond um, as mm. the books and news profile showed aff had a lot to say not only was et poorly reviewed in the sixth realm <laughs> the <sixth> was good <laughs> <What>? <laughs> okay it says i'll shock you again aff told her saying sexual interaction over here is much different and much more fun than anything you know on earth how i, I want to know how's it different? i don't know that's the end of the article <laughs> that's it <laughs> that's all she wrote no i want to know how it's more fun <laughs> i know like <laughs> what <laughs> what what's different <laughs> i don't know they probably do some weird shit over there <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm so I curious now. Snow. <laughs> I wonder if she wrote about that in one of her three books. Probably. 
I'm gonna Google possible. that shit later. I mean, because it didn't say it was what. Um. Yeah, we're going to collect collect AFS words in books. So he says, as the books and news profile showed, AF had a lot to say. So I would assume that probably the you know sketchy shit. <laughs> was in one of the books yeah <laughs> maybe all of the books who knows wait what but, was her name and what was his name af like aff no just af af and then what was her name <laughs> we're gonna name that demon as <laughs> <laughs> um her name um judy Ladin. so it's judy and then l-a-d-d-o-n okay uh, and I'm just going to type in sex. <laughs> <laughs> you might not get good Google results. <laughs> it, says, it looks like there aren't many great matches for your search. That might be one of those things you just got to read the book. God damn it. <laughs> you go to the library though, right? Yeah. It might happen at the library. You could always look up the books. Okay. Because the first one is the, where did it go? Uh, okay, Beyond the Veil is one. Okay. And then a further step, Beyond the Veil. And then another look at Life Beyond. Those are the, the books. Okay. So All right, I'll do theory. some research when we're not <laughs> podcasting and see if I can find out. <laughs> we need to know <laughs> what's up with the sex <laughs> yeah like what's happening <laughs> yeah. anyways so <laughs> um what was your idiot or ass butt moment from this week okay so you know how I like scary movies and I like like comedy scary movies you know I like yeah. I like the funny ones I like the really campy ones too that are yeah. just like I was gonna you say know. the campy ones are up there too <laughs> yeah I just like I really I really like all kinds of scary movies and um we were trying to find a movie to watch the other day uh, me and Eric and Killian and I was like I really want to watch a scary movie but like in a one that won't actually scare Killian you know that's like kind of funny you know yeah and so we were you know scrolling on whatever platform we were on like Netflix or whatever and Eric yeah. was like "Ooh, Mars attacks and I was like oh you know I've never I've never seen that like is that gonna upset Killian and he's like no it should be fine so I was like okay that's great um and just a little side note like <laughs> I obviously you know and I I'm sure I've said it on the podcast before but have a have an animal problem where you know if any animals are like getting hurt or in danger it really upsets me like panic attack upsets me yeah. like if the animal is already dead and you come across it that's fine if it's an yeah. you know an evil dinosaur trying to eat you then you know kill it yeah that's yeah. fine right <laughs> that's a little different because that's not yeah. real you know yeah. like not the dinosaurs weren't real but that's not real right now you know yeah yeah right right <laughs> so um so, and I know there's that, that website that you told me about the, um, does, does the, dog the dog die? die? <laughs> yeah. That has helped me so much, especially in watching like new movies, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but this, um, problem of mine, this animal problem of mine, it extends to like, you know, sad robots and sympathetic aliens and, <laughs> and things like that. So, um, sympathetic aliens, you mean like 
like aliens E.T. Aliens trying to kill you or? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> nice, nice aliens. <laughs> so, um, anyway, so I'm like, okay, great. Let's watch it. And within the first like 90 seconds of the movie, it's like this scene where there's this like huge hill and you're like, you know, the camera's like panned way back and over the hill comes this herd of cows, like hundreds of cows and they're running and they are all on fire. Oh, <laughs> and I was just like, ah! like no, 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 no. <laughs> like what turn it off turn it off turn it off <laughs> like I'm not okay with this yeah it was just like awful because I knew because like they weren't like yet close enough that, to the camera to really hear them but I knew like once we got closer to them like they were going to be screaming probably you, you could probably there are at least at least significantly mooing and or crackling <laughs> yeah oh I was just like I, I can't watch this like this and Eric was like I totally forgot about this part sorry <laughs> so anyways I don't know who was the idiot or ass but in that story except all of it felt bad (laughs) (laughs) I didn't like any of it (laughs) yeah it's bad and I kind of want to know what happens in the movie and (laughs) you could always just look it up on does the dog die right couldn't you yeah and then it's going to be like 1,000 cows die of (laughs) fire (laughs) yeah but you're not watching it that's true. Also, like, I, if nothing else, you know, that would upset me happens in that movie. I could always just skip that part. This is very true. <laughs> if that's the only like thing that is upsetting, then, you know, yeah. okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So anyway, what was your Jitterasset moment? Uh, <laughs> so mine happened earlier today. I had a different one, but it just wasn't all that exciting. So I mean, not that this one is that exciting, but still, you know, (laughs) I felt like a big old ass, but because so, you know, Hunter, our dog, well, Mm -hmm. not my dog, Travis's dog, whatever. Anyways, um, speaking of which, I don't know if I've said it on the podcast yet, but we're getting a puppy in like January. And so I'm really excited. But anyways, (laughs) that is exciting. I think we should probably be getting her around the 12th because that was her birthday was November 12th. And so she would be two months at that point but we tell since it's somebody that like I know it's one of my friends from work um Mm -hmm. we're kind of like okay like don't take her from her mom before she's ready to go like if she's ready to go and her mom's kind of because you know the mom's kind of like kind of push them away a little bit you know as they're too big and so um Mm -hmm. it's like if that's going on fine but if you know mom's still happy and she's still happy like I don't want to take her away earlier just to have her when she's littler, you know, like we yeah. come over and visit if we need to, you know, like, mm-hmm. so right. anyways, but, um, in theory, then we're going to be getting her around January 12th. So, yay. yay. Um, but so far right now we just have the one dog and you know, when he comes in from the out, <laughs> mm-hmm. he's usually quite wet because he's a lab and doesn't care about rain. And so, he drinks out of puddles <laughs> and runs around when it's like, oh. outside and is just happy to be alive, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so you have to dry him off before he comes into the house a lot of times because he is like soaking wet. Um, and I went, this was earlier this morning. It was snowing out mm-hmm. here and may or may not still kind of be snowing. I'm not totally sure, but it's at least kind of vaguely raining from what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, um, he was wet 
And I'm like, okay, I've got to dry him off. So I go in and I grab the towel and I'm like drying him off. And he really likes being like scrubbed with the towel, you know, cause he's like, yeah. oh, it's just like body scratches everywhere. So he like throws himself into it, you know, and gets really excited about it. And then it's like, okay, so I dry him off and I'm like drying all of his feet off and I go to dra- grab his last foot to like dry it. And he like screams at me and goes to like, kind of nip at me a little bit. And I'm like, Whoa. what the hell, you know, like, and then I felt really bad because obviously I hurt him, you know, even though I'm grabbing your next foot to dry. Like, I don't know, maybe it like, I could see maybe if like one of his joints popped and he was cold from being outside and it kind of like hurt a little bit or mm-hmm. whatever. But then he immediately like started full body shaking and was like, terrified of me touching him and I'm like Aww. oh no <laughs> you know, like, oh god Aww. you know like, yeah it's a horrible thing and so then no. I like go back to like just scrubbing him with the towel like look look we're happy see look you know yeah like, oh man and then he kind of like got over it but he you know I felt bad because he like yelled at me and was like ow and then like was shaking about it for you know briefly not for that long he wasn't clearly too traumatized by it but I'm yeah. like, okay, you know, like, I don't know what's going on. Like, maybe I just like pulled his foot in a direction that it didn't want to go. And it kind of like was a little bit of a twinge. I don't know, but maybe, like blast, but for hurting him. Oh, like, you didn't do anything wrong. Him. <laughs> yeah. I'm, maybe, maybe he has just like some part, you know, something is bothering him already that you don't know about or something. Yeah, I mean, it could be like arthritis. He's eight, yeah. you know, like he's not mm-hmm. like super young, but he's not like old really either, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, not that he couldn't have arthritis at this point, but I'm thinking yeah. I probably just like kind of pulled his leg maybe in a direction that it didn't want to go. And mm-hmm. I don't know, but anyways, I felt like an ass, but oh, you're not, <laughs> you're totally not. <laughs> I didn't but... do it on purpose, dude. <laughs> looking at me on the couch for I could see him through the door and then he's just looking over at me like yeah I feel bad <laughs> <laughs> he, he could just tell you're talking about him I know <laughs> <laughs> he's like I heard like, my name don't touch me again <laughs> <laughs> no that's not what he thinks but, I can tell and yeah. I think that you can also refer to him as your dog <laughs> yeah I mean technically he's not my dog but he's kind of our dog yeah you know whatever (laughs) I take care of him too sometimes (laughs) you totally do I feed him (laughs) yeah he loves you but anyway well, thanks for listening to us and our shenanigans. You can email us at idgitsandaspetspodcast at gmail.com. The word and is spelled out. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram under Idgits and Aspets, a supernatural podcast. Make sure to rate and review us on iTunes and send us your Idgit and Aspet moments for a chance to hear your story on our podcast. Thanks again. Thank you. <laughs>